Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. The very definition of vulnerability is to put yourself in a position to be attacked. It's safe to say that no one wants to be attacked. So why are we even talking about this subject? Well, vulnerability does come with an inherent risk. That's true, but the risk can be very worth the reward that it brings. We all have an innate core need to be seen and known and loved. That need cannot be met without first doing the brave work of vulnerability. We hope that this episode challenges you to become more authentic. Let's jump into today's topic. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today's topic is that of vulnerability. Um, I do think that in our society, in our culture, the topic of vulnerability has become much more prevalent in recent years. Uh, there's a lot more talk about it. There's a lot more study, a lot more research, a lot more, a lot less uh, stigma about it. But I think with that said, it's a lot easier said than done. It's a lot easier talked about than it is actually lived. Uh, and so we want to get into that today. So let's get started with just talking about what is the value of vulnerability? Well, for me, I, I lived in such shame at a time in my life that the last thing I wanted to be was vulnerable. And I would uh, hide behind these self-built walls. And uh, But as healing began to come forth, I began to see the value of it. Yeah. And every time I became vulnerable, instead of setting me up for failure, it literally dismantled shame. It literally dismantled fear. And so it allowed me to become even more uh, passionate, more vocal, more confident in just being who God created me to be mm -hmm. and allowing that work of healing, allowing that journey to begin to unfold because the fact is, I'll only get healed when I have the courage to make those steps. Yeah. And if I never allow myself to become vulnerable, I will just stay where I'm at. So it's really worth the price. Yeah. And you said the courage to be vulnerable. So you're you're saying right there that this is a courageous act yeah. to let yourself be seen, let yourself be known. Um, and I think that we were, uh, I don't just think, I know, we were all created with a core need to be known, um, that sense of belonging, that sense to be seen and heard and known. Uh, and and I look at Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, our ultimate model of, of perfection before sin entered, and they were fully seen. They were fully mm -hmm. known by the father. They walked with him in the garden uh, and they were naked and they were, there was no shame. And so it kind of shows God's original intent for us to be known by God, to be fully known. Um, and I think that's just hard for us to grasp now in a post-sin culture um, because instantly when sin came in, shame came in and they covered and they hid themselves. And so that is, um, you know, without um, being fully restored, that's still the life we're living in is that one that wants to cover up our junk and and not allow ourselves to be fully seen and known. Um, so I think we're we're all pushing against that or pushing. Um, we have that innate core desire to be back in that Eden state of of being fully seen and feeling no shame. Uh, but it's it's a process to live that out um, because we we have all sinned and fallen short. So yeah, I think I come at this a little different than you guys as mm -hmm. as usual right but um as, as i was thinking about the question what is the value of vulnerability 
the thing that popped into my mind is that that vulnerability is necessary for purity mm. because it requires honesty, right? Yeah. And so I, I want to quickly define what I mean by purity. And purity means free from every admixture of what is false. Yeah. And so like when you go into the grocery store, you see these products that uh, 100% of this is maple syrup, you know, that they say it's pure. So everything that's in this container is what it says it is, you know, pure water, pure maple syrup, you know, no additives, no MSG, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, no preservatives. And I think it's kind of funny too, when when you look at some of these packagings, I remember seeing this one that it, it said, now made with real apples. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what was it made with that's a selling Four. point now. <laughs> yeah, the selling point is now it actually has real apples in it. <laughs> and so coming back to my point is when you are vulnerable in a healthy way, you give access to who you are to yeah. be examined, mm -hmm. whether it's true or false. And I feel like that's really important in a Christian culture yeah. because purity is necessary. Honesty is necessary. And true vulnerability requires honesty and if we're going to ever be accountable to yeah. one another, if we're going to ever be real uh, with one another, we have to be vulnerable. And hopefully the goal of accountability is to become pure. Yeah. yeah. And I think the lie sometimes is, well, I will be vulnerable when I am pure. Like I will mm. wait until I am well, in that Well, because you're state. protecting yourself, exactly. right? Yeah. You want to hide the blemishes. Um, this morning I was putting on my makeup and I thought, well, maybe I don't need to put it all on. And then I put it on half my face and I thought, nope, we're still going to put it on <laughs> because it's hiding the blemishes, right? So that there is still that like, well, when I'm perfect, but that that's, you know, that's the lie. That's the deception is that we will never be at that state. And also vulnerability actually can help you get to that state. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit's doing at this time in history is he's drawing us so close to him so that we can see who we were created to be, which gives us the courage to be vulnerable. And I know for me, as God began to speak truth to my heart about who he said I was, rather than what the circumstances of my life said I was, yeah. then it allowed me to begin to step out first with God in vulnerability, and then after after that, safe individuals in my life. And then after that, now I can be vulnerable, you know, in front of strangers because uh, the past things that brought shame in my life have no more power over me. So it was kind of this progressive step, but it first began in my encounters with truth, my encounters with uh, the Lord speaking to my heart and said, no, this is who you are. Let me tell the truth about you. And because um, I, I love what you said, Joel, because when we've gone through things in our life, we don't see ourselves as pure. We think that we're tainted or we think we're not good enough or we just believe all these lies. And so if we're really as bad as we think we are, who's going to be open and vulnerable, you know, if that's what you really believe about yourself? So I think God's really moving at this time in history to break off shame, which is a false identity, which I believe we did an episode on that. And so that we really can come into truth. So we have the courage to just begin to get out there. And when we do, 
it and when we are vulnerable, then we can kind of model the way for others to say, wow, you know, it's possible for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I still, um, you know, ultimately we, we say, yeah, be vulnerable, be authentic, but like there are still areas in all of our lives that we're not ready to be completely transparent, completely vulnerable uh, with, unless that's just well, me. Well, when we say being vulnerable, we're not necessarily saying that it's with everybody yeah. that you encounter. Correct. Yeah, correct. So when we talk about accountability, obviously it's with a trusted individual, yeah. but you also have to look at vulnerability as living from a place of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, remember how I said it, it, it takes... Uh, you have to be honest to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And when you have to hide behind facades, when you have to appear a certain way, mm -hmm. that's that's discouraging, that's disheartening, that's frustrating, that's not... And and, and most of us kind of live this way. And, and I think I've kind of been on a journey of um, just being honest with who I am and... Um, what I'm feeling, and mm -hmm. and and in some cases, it's talking, having real conversations with people that are in my life in a close way. But it's also if I meet people, I'm just going to be me. Mm -hmm. And and if you accept it, if you reject it, or if I if I'm not your cup of tea, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I've been living uh, more free and more authentic because I'm just being honest with with who I am and and so that's vulnerability on a macro sense mm -hmm. um so but so vulnerability is in the micro sense of talking with an individual and being honest and open but it's also in a macro sense of just how you engage your world with honesty to who you are yeah i think we have to be really wise in our interactions with people because one I want healthy relationships and I want relationships where they don't have to wear a mask and I don't have to wear a mask but at the same time so we're you talking about masks right now <laughs> yeah well mask is like you cover up you're not authentic you no put on. it was a I corona joke I wasn't gonna bring oh. that in but you did it anyway, <laughs> okay well so. that totally went over <laughs> this head of mine <laughs> here we are again I give a joke and mom doesn't, doesn't get, get it, it and she's like what well, you just ruined what what I was trying to say. We just have to give the disclaimer. But masks mean something different now. So oh, it, it, it does. does. See, it I don't really know. You'll have matter. to educate me when this is over. Well, you just lived through it. We all had to wear masks for years. That's what I'm talking. He's now, just referring to the masks that we've all I had to with. wear. This is what I experienced. Okay. <laughs> Either I'm not funny or I just live with, you know, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's the Please. beauty of generational partnership. <laughs> we all learn from each other. Um, but what I was going to say that even though we don't want to wear this facade, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We um, it's a less the, triggering. The word. fact is, we don't have to tell everyone we meet everything that's going on in the inside of us, and that doesn't mean we're not vulnerable. Because I mean, Jesus had levels of relationship. He had the multitude. He had those that followed him. He had the seventy. He had the twelve. He had the three, and he had the one. And so I think that we have to recognize that like with you guys, I can be totally, totally vulnerable where I might not uh, communicate everything to every person I meet. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that I'm wearing a facade, you know, or being 
unauthentic or something like that. It it's we carry the wisdom of no knowing how to truly be authentically ourselves, be comfortable in our own skin, and recognizing the relation, the different levels of relationship of you know where it goes to the matter of the heart. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like what you're saying, Joel, about. If it starts with yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be kind of mm-hmm. vulnerable with yourself. And I think a lot of times what happens is the enemy grabs a hold of what we see, turns that into yeah, a false identity, and then we mm-hmm. want to hide. Um, and so if if I can't even look at myself and say, this is where I'm at. This is, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not where I want to be. I'm messing up in this area. If I can't even look at that for myself, kind of own it, there's no way I'm going to let somebody else see me. Um, but when you first can say, okay, I, this is where I am. Uh, I think that's a good first step. And then you can make the step of opening up to other people. And then you're really facing that fear. It it really is. I think vulnerability is pushing against fear every single time. Um, you're pushing against that to see, okay, will other people accept me? Will other people love me? Will other people reject me? Will other people see me? Um, it's a really brave thing. And And that's what I believe leaders, because I love talking to leaders, leaders should have the bravery. They should have the courage to be authentic, which gives those that they lead the comfortability to be vulnerable with them. Because leaders aren't going to judge. Good leaders are not (laughs) going to judge. Good leaders are not going to attack or or, or any of those things. But they're going to hear the vulnerability of people and be willing to invest into support, you know, minister healing, you know, be there for that individual that had the courage to be vulnerable. And so I think, you know, we really need to be those type of leaders, that type of parent, that type of, you know, employer, that type of pastor, uh, that is willing to not only be authentic uh, in a way that gives courage to those that they lead, you know, to come to them without feeling that they're going to be judged or condemned or shamed, but that they're going to be supported and brought into places of healing. I think it's really important as a leader. Well, I I think when you're saying the word leader, you're speaking more of like the quality of a person's um, heart, the maturity of a person. Um, because I just want to make that clear that just because um, you're speaking to leaders, that doesn't mean that that's not a positional leadership uh, necessarily, because there's plenty of people with a position of leadership, position of power who are also hiding and not being vulnerable Correct. with themselves and not being vulnerable with other people. So you're just to I'm clarify talking that. about being a, whether you have positional leader leadership or uh, leadership that is through influence. The fact is. Where where Joel talked, we have to work on ourselves first because we're really going to never impact anyone. I mean, I was spent the first fifteen years of ministry, you know, totally refusing to be vulnerable. You know, it was not safe to be vulnerable. But uh, but now it's it's at a point in my life, my ministry, my marketplace expression to be authentic, to be vulnerable. And what it's done, it it has given people the courage to be able to say, wow, Melody, uh, I can relate to you. Yeah. Can I talk to you about this? Yeah. And so, but I think that's a journey. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can get there overnight and I don't think we should try to 
push something that we're not ready to do. But uh, if we're not able to do that as a leader, then we need to find uh, mentors. We need to find people that are going to invest into us to help us get to that point. Yeah. We can't do this thing alone. We what, need each other. What you said was really good, how, how your vulnerability has given bravery to someone else to be more right. vulnerable. And I think about the example where David went and confronted Goliath. You got to think for 30 days, Goliath was coming out and harassing mm -hmm. the armies of Israel, the army of Israel, and they were afraid. Mm -hmm. And because a shepherd boy comes, defeats Goliath, then what happens? Then they pursued after their adversary. So for 30 days, they were in fear. For 30 days, they were... Uh, stagnant, but when a young boy comes and shows bravery, yeah, right, yes. confronts the giant, then it stirred bravery within those that felt disheartened. You know, so when we talk about vulnerability, sometimes you have to be the first one to mm -hmm. step out and be vulnerable and live in an honest way. But as you do that, people long for that. And I believe your bravery can cultivate bravery in others if if you demonstrate it. I love that example because David did not have any positional authority. Mm -hmm. He didn't have positional leadership, but boy, did he lead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he led the leader. You mm -hmm. know, he led the king by his bravery. He impacted his brothers. He impacted all of Israel. So really, that's a leadership uh, opportunity of influence. And so that young boy had the ability to influence a lot of people and give a lot of people courage. And so once again, I appreciate you bringing that up, Katie, because when I talk about leaders, I'm talking about a person that is willing to give their lives and use their lives to empower other people to succeed. And you don't have to be a positional leader to do that. Yeah. An example of that, uh, there was a situation where I guess you could say a peer of mine came to me and there was a situation where we were in a meeting and I was just very real and honest. I wasn't, mm -hmm. like I said, I've, I've been on this journey of like not being fearful. I'm not being rude or disrespectful. I'm just not afraid to share what I have to offer and not be afraid to express who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think it was maybe a month later, this person came up to me and they said, I want to thank you for just being so real and honest. And I didn't think much of it as I did it myself, but I didn't realize how much I was affecting those mm -hmm. around me by just being authentic and not being moved by fear or just being authentically myself. And it it blessed them and encouraged them to, um, or at least value what they... Uh, at least value the vulnerability that I was demonstrating. And because they are looking to be vulnerable themselves. They want to be in safe enough relationships, environments that they can be real. Nobody enjoys hiding who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I think I really like that too, because I think when, when we're talking about vulnerability, a lot of times automatically, at least in my mind, it goes to the negative of like, we're hiding the bad things about us, the things we don't want people to see. But I think just as much vulnerability mm -hmm. is showing the good things of who you are, yeah, because good. when we've experienced any kind of rejection or um, a response was, we've got a response when we were our true selves, 
that can make us want to shut down those positive parts about ourselves, those actual gifts and callings that are inside of us. So um, yeah, I think that's really good to bring up is that vulnerability isn't just uncovering the 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 dark sides. It's also mm-hmm. uncovering um, the good things. And I love um, Brene Brown. She talks about uh, vulnerability and she says that it's the center of dark emotions and pain, which we want to avoid, but it is also the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, and empathy. And so a lot of times, again, we see it as just that dark place, but it is just as much exposing the light, exposing the good, exposing, um, the, the trueness, the purity of who we are. So, um, it's, it's really exciting because mm-hmm. when you can just be yourself, like you were saying, like how much more free do you feel by doing that? You don't, I, probably the effort, you didn't even know the effort you were putting into covering some of those things or, or keeping yourself in check all the time, I'm assuming. Um, but you just, it, you know, it feels more free when you are more free. You, you don't have to work as hard because you're just being who you are. That is really, that's really good, Katie. I really, I appreciate when, when that. you when you were talking about um, being your your true self. I don't know if you necessarily <laughs> use those words or uh, being authentic. Um, I I want to put a disclaimer there, just because uh, I guess that's how I think. But <laughs> yeah. um, that doesn't mean being a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like I think sometimes it's like I'm just going to be who I am. <laughs> no, you're just being a jerk. Okay. <laughs> um, so like. In in context, it's like obviously in the churches, as leaders, we're there to help bring out people's true identities mm-hmm. through Christ. And so it's not just, oh, be yourself and just let all yeah. your junk hang out, you yeah. know, but it's like um releasing your the I don't like using true self, but releasing the identity that God has given yeah. you that that's going to be your true authentic self. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the word you used in the very beginning, purity. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're releasing our pure authentic self, it's going to come out with the nature and the character of Christ, who he's ordained us to and be. And most of the time that's you have to discover that. Yes, yes. you do. Yeah. So when we say be yourself, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily it means be yourself, be who God created you to be, and part of that. And and it is a it is a journey. It is mm-hmm. um, something that we have to discover. Yeah. And the more you see the value that you carry, the more purity of expression you will have, because who God created us to be in Him is really beautiful, and because. He has chosen each one of us in him, and he's put his character and nature on the inside of us. Every time we yield to that true, pure nature, we're going to love who God created us to be. So it really becomes easier to be authentic, even in our battles and struggles, the things we've gone through, the battles we face. I know uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a training, and there were some beautiful leaders in that room, and I was just being Melody. And at the end, uh, they weren't talking about the things I taught. They talked about you were so authentic. Yeah, they were. They were so impacted, and it gave them courage at that moment to begin to tell me things that they would not have said if I wouldn't have not 
been authentic because it wasn't like you said, just spewing a bunch of junk. That's not authentic because that's not even the real pure self. You know, if I'm attacking and judgmental and critical and you, I just say, that's the way I am. That is not the way I am. That's not the way I was created to be. So, uh, when we're talking about vulnerability and authenticity, it is out of that place of who God created us to be. And that is liberating. Now, this thought is kind of easier said than done, but when All you... All this is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thought that I'm about to say, <laughs> when you discover who God created you to be, you're less likely to be concerned of what people think of you. Correct. Because you are, you are who you are because of what God put in you. So as you discover that... Fear of man is really dealt with because, mm-hmm. like I said, easier said than done. But I am who I am by God's grace. Yes. I am who I am by who he created me to be. And if we were more fearful about being true and authentic, if it's something that we are trying to prop up and we like, this is who I am or this is how I want to be perceived. But if we truly know who we are in Christ the the it's a little it takes some of that sting of rejection away because mm-hmm. well this is who God created me to be and I'm okay with that. Well, so, I, oh. go ahead, go ahead, Katie. <laughs> um, I just you look back at David with that. You know, here this army is cowering in fear, and David comes and he's like, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God?" David wasn't afraid that they were going to you know, crush him. They probably could have crushed him right then and there, but he wasn't afraid. Why? Because he spent time Mm -hmm. with the, the, Mm -hmm. the God Mm -hmm. of that army. He spent time. He knew that. So just, just to go along with what you were saying, he didn't have to be afraid. He could just say it. Yeah. We're really using the David example (laughs) today. Um, but to add on to that, you know, he comes, he's bringing food or cheese and bread or whatever to his brothers. And so he gets there. He's like, what's going on? What will be done for the one who defeats this? <laughs> and then his brother comes over enraged. Yeah. He's angry yep. because da- this this punk kid is coming, <laughs> you know. And so he confronts David and David kind of just ignores him. Yeah. And so that tells you something about David and his relationship with his brother. It actually says that David turned his back on him. Wow. He turned he turned to uh um so his brother confronts him and then he turns and talks to other people. (laughs) So that says that his brother didn't want to mess with David. (laughs) Yeah. Uh but it also says David wasn't moved. He was who he was. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Often we listen to the loudest voices around us, right? And then we mm-hmm. try to fit into those loud voices. Mm-hmm. But if the most dominant voice we hear is the voice of the Lord, then that's going to be the thing that gives us the courage uh, to be able to face the Goliaths in our lives. And even maybe the Goliaths that are attacking our family or our community, our mm-hmm. nation, our world, you know, mm-hmm. just rising up and saying, what is God saying in the midst of this? What is he speaking to me? And 
I know for me, the thing that has brought courage in my life is when I had encounters with the Lord, when he spoke so clearly to me that I really didn't care, in not in a negative or arrogant way, but I was not moved. That's a better way of saying it. I was not moved by the opinions of man, no matter how much I loved them, no matter how much I wanted to have relationship with certain individuals. When I knew God spoke to me, I I just flat out had to obey God, even if it wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at like the last just maybe three years of my life and maybe more, <laughs> maybe five years of my life where I look and I was doing things different than the religious status quo. But I knew I heard God and I, and I knew I was in his presence and I knew I felt his heart. And so it gave me the courage to be authentically who he created me to be, even though it wasn't the typical person in ministry, it wasn't the typical business leader or whatever it might have been. Uh, I, I just had to obey God. And that was my place of courage uh, because all of us want to be valued. All of us want to be accepted. All of us want to be celebrated. But when you've heard the voice of the Lord, you choose that over what other people think of us. And and then when you walk that out and you begin to see the fruits of obedience to the Lord, then, then you're starting to model the way for others to follow. Mm -hmm. And that's really beautiful. And I want to be clear, when we're talking about kind of discovering self or discovering your true identity. In Scripture, there, there's these boundaries of it, in Christ, mm -hmm. through Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is the context that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, as we discover our true identity, it's in Christ and through Christ. So I, I think that's an important thing to point out. So it's not like um, in, in a um, humanistic way yeah. discovering self. Correct. It's in Christ and through Christ that we discover. And that's why we won't be fearful of what men think or we're more confident in who we are because it's not in our own ability. Yeah, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the context of when we're talking about being our, quote unquote, our authentic, our authentic self, it's in and through Christ. I so the context that. of self-discovery per se quotations um if you you can't see me do it but i'm doing it right now <laughs> air, quotes. air quotes right is in and through christ yeah. we we then can discover who we are and you know that just stir uh, that just stirs my heart right now because for us to be a light in darkness where people are hiding in fear when they're not in Christ, so they can't function through Christ, and they're struggling, they're fearful, they're filled with shame, they're battling, they're listening to the loudest voices, they're just trying to climb uh, the ladder of success and have position and power and prestige to feel better about themselves. I mean, I'm saying all those things not in condemnation of, but my heart is breaking for them because God is calling us to arise with that authentic who we are in him and who we are through him uh, so that we can reach out not to condemn the world, but to love them and model something that they are not used to living in. Man, before I knew Jesus, I'll tell you, I was the queen of hiding behind, you know, walls that were so high. I wouldn't even acknowledge to myself some things uh, because it was too painful. And I was just trying to succeed in the world. But through Christ, he began, I began an 
a journey. And I just want to be a light in darkness. And I'm not there to be critical or condemn or judge the world, but I want to be a light. I want to, I want to be one that models something before them uh, that they say, what makes you different? Yeah. And when they say that, it opens up the door that I can say in Joel's words right now, not that I say this, but this is me in Christ. This is me through Christ. Mm -hmm. And you can go there too. Yeah. Well, you have a story about where you had to give this presentation to these high level. And what did God tell you? Do it for one. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I was in a, a governmental organization with very high governmental leaders. And my thoughts were rising inside of me. It was the fear. Mm -hmm. A little bit scared to be authentically me because who am I? Yeah, who am I, right? Yeah, like they are so much smarter than I am. They have so much more influence and power than I am. Who am I to talk to them? And the Lord spoke to me and he says, just be you and do it for me. Mm -hmm. And every ounce of fear washed away because... I could be me, yeah. and I could do it for him. And so I rested in that. And um, I won't give too many details because it's probably more confidential, but the the fact is at the end of that day, I got to lead one individual to the Lord, uh, a couple people into the baptism mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, and prayed for a couple others for healing. And I couldn't say a word about the things of God because it was a governmental job. And but it opened up the doors because here I was a nobody in the scheme of things yeah. in uh, in their eyes. But at the end of the day, just being authentic gave me the opportunity to influence people for the kingdom. And it was just really, really beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that's really what's going to change the world. I, I think agree. that's really what's going to change even uh, or that it's the pure church. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people are really craving mm -hmm. that. They're not craving the show and the mm -hmm. fluff and the mm -hmm. um, successful looking. Mm -hmm. um, they might think that they are, but I think at the core of every heart, um, they're just craving that that authenticity. Will you accept me for who I am? Will you love me? Will you, yes. um, not just for who I am for me to stay that way, but will you see the gold in me? Will you put in the time? Will you put in yes. the effort to see beyond the mask, to see beyond the facade um, and to see who I am? Like, will, will you take the risk to see me? I think that's what people are just hungry for. We all are. Um, and to me, that's where we're really going to see revival take place. I agree. Is, um, not through the hype, but through the one-on-one, -on -one, through the that that heart connection with a person, um, being willing to meet them where they are in order to um, kind of pull them up to where their their true identity is. I'm totally speaking from. Well, I guess when anybody speaks, they're speaking from their perspective. Yeah. But I'm speaking from my perspective. I, I was thinking if I'm on the journey of self discovery outside of Christ, that's really scary for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you're going to encounter something out. Wow. Yeah. I I was just thinking about it and I was like, man, like, do I, would I really want to discover or go on this journey outside of Christ? And that would be no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think even what you were saying earlier, Mama, about um, 
I don't remember what the (laughs) exact words, but I just thought, you know, the nearness of the Lord is so important in this topic um, because there is such safety when you can be, when you can be, you know, he says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Um, There's a, there's a, a safety there. We can be our true selves, but there's also just this longing inside of us. You know, I think of David again, he said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, when we draw near to perfection, when we draw near to perfect love, it casts out fear. It casts out that, um, that instinct to cover and to hide and Mm -hmm. to lie and to mask, uh, it, that instinct goes away when you experience perfect love. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yes, it's not something I would recommend doing outside of connection with the Father, connection with the Lord. And uh, and that in itself is a journey of learning who he actually is, learning his character, learning his nature, uh, learning that he's better than you think he is, um, learning that he doesn't leave you or forsake you, learning his character that, um, yes, he corrects, but he corrects in love and what that looks like. And um, none of us have experienced that in a human form. Um so it is a learning curve. It's a learning curve to know him and how he operates. Um, but the more we push into that, the more I can say, yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life. The more we're actually going to discover who we are because we're willing to let go of everything else. Yeah. So when we're saying discovering self, it's in and through Christ. Yeah, it's right. it's because we have connection with our creator mm-hmm. and our father, we then do then we begin to learn about who we are and why we were created and our purpose and plan and our design. So uh, the our target is not self-discovery. Our target is Jesus. Yeah. And from that, we begin to discover who we are and why we were created. And who we are in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the true reality of who we are. And as you were saying earlier, Joel, like, you don't think you'd want to go on this journey of discovering yourself separate from him. And I go, that's how I lived till I was 21. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you've heard my testimony where God, if you're there, do something in my life. And and he showed me that he was there. And it it was a, another 15 years of me growing in God and and being filled with truth and and learning step by step, you know, who he was and and who he called me to be in him, even though I wasn't vulnerable, even though I could hardly believe that about me. I knew it in my head. The scriptures you were saying earlier, Katie, I knew all those scriptures. I could quote so many scriptures, but there wasn't a revelation yet inside of me to actually believe that that is who I was. Because I couldn't get past who Melody was before Christ. I couldn't get past the things that happened to me that caused me to feel very, going back to the purity word, I could not see purity in Melody. Even though I knew in my head I was washed in the blood of Jesus, I couldn't see that in me. And so it took about 15 years of being filled with truth and being surrounded by you know, really some key individuals who did value me, but 
at the end of those 15 years, God brought a lot of revelation and he began to dismantle, you know, the shame I was living in, dismantle the fear. And so now the last 25 years of my life have been step by step by step, uh, giving me a greater and greater ability to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And boy, this side is a whole lot better than it was on the other side. Yeah. And I want that for everybody that I come into contact with. And I believe because everything inside of me had to walk out that journey, maybe slower than it has to be, I believe that we're going to see an acceleration of that taking place. In every person listening to this right now, it doesn't have to take you 25 years. I believe God is doing a supernatural work in our lives, in the body of Christ, to bring us to the place that we can really reach our world for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, I know we're getting long here, um, but I do want to get into some practical things um, before we close to kind of help us to do this uh, well or to make the steps of walking in vulnerability. So I first just want to be very clear that vulnerability is a scary thing. Um, So it's okay if you feel that it is the actual definition of vulnerability is a state of being exposed to the possibility of attack or harm, (laughs) either physically or emotionally. So I don't want to water down. So it's a great time. Yeah, I don't want to water down that this is... Right there in the definition, you are setting yourself up for attack. And I think right there, people can just turn it off and say, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, But there is a reward to that vulnerability. Again, uh, as Brene Brown says, it's also the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, and empathy. Um, If you open yourself up to attack, you're also opening yourself up to love. Um, You actually can't, I don't believe that you can um, access love without vulnerability, true love uh, without having that also risk. Um, It is a risk, but there's a reward that is worth it. So, um, Do either of you want to add anything on the risk of vulnerability? Well, for me, I I think it kind of encapsulates it in the definition, but the risk of being vulnerable is actually to be seen. Yeah. Right? And so either you'll be accepted or you'll be rejected or even attacked, right? Yeah. So the risk of it is to be seen, but also the reward of it is to be seen. Oh, I love that. Right? So... So, You have to weigh your options, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I, I think with any risk, it, it is something worth the reward. Yep. So yes. you have to you all you also have to see the value, and we kind of talked about that mm-hmm. in the beginning. You have to see the value of vulnerability, or you'll never be vulnerable. Yep. So once you discover the value of it, then you might be more willing to take the risk of it. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible talks about if you're going to build, count the cost Mm -hmm. first. And so there is a cost. Uh, There there is the potential of people being critical, judgmental, uh, all those other things. But at the exact same time, that process of breaking off the fear of man, because Mm -hmm. there's just some people that are always going to be critical and will never measure up to them. So am I going to live my life based upon Susie or Joe's opinion? Well, and the famous quote, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so, of course, I'm saying this after going through the process, but the fact is I cannot allow somebody else's, uh, 
unhealthy, unhealthy behaviors and attitudes to control who I'm going to be and what I can become. I cannot live my life as a puppet uh, in the fear of man trying to just keep peace. Mm -hmm. But it is such a battle worth fighting. And but it is a battle Mm -hmm. and it begins inside of us. I've got to overcome it inside before I can begin to release it externally. But it is, it's a risk. Another important point is for the risk of vulnerability for some people and maybe even a lot of people is you're going to actually be honest about yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's not opening yourself up for attack, which vulnerability can be, but it's also looking and saying, this is who I am right now. Yeah, that's really good. And where we were talking about purity of saying, oh, I do have mixture of these things and I don't want this in my life. So a fear of vulnerability is sometimes encountering your present reality, Uh, obviously in and through Christ that we have the ability to cultivate and to change and to grow and to mature and be delivered. But sometimes vulnerability says this is what it looks like right now. Yep. That, that's so and, good. And so sometimes we have to confront that fear of reality of where we're at. Um, and so some people never step into vulnerability because they're afraid to actually see see where they're at and mm-hmm. uh, maybe some of the faults or maybe some of the um, polluted things that they allowed in their heart. Yeah. And so I, I think that is a risk or a fear but hey, if if it can be exposed or you can be more um, aware of it, you can allow then then partner with the Holy Spirit to deal with those things. And I think of the the pretty standard marriage vows. They usually include in sickness and in health, in good and in bad, mm-hmm. in for richer or for poorer. Uh, and so now that is marriage. So that is a, a deep, vulnerable, um, loving relationship. But I think that that kind of hopefully, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> that goes to what speaks to what you're saying, and that you're saying. Good, bad, and ugly. Will you accept me? Will you you be okay with where I am right now? Um, will you stick with me while I work these things out in hopes that I'm going to get to that higher place? Um, but it, it really is. It's saying good, bad, and ugly. This is what it is. I really love how you share, Joel. I think, and I think this is the biggest, most important step is to first be vulnerable with ourselves, mm-hmm. which is probably the scariest step. And like every year I get this full major blood work done. Mm-hmm. And you know, you want everything to come back perfectly, but you have to and take the risk. And that's why some people don't get blood work yep. done. That's exactly yep. right. right because I don't want doctor. to know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to maybe change the way I eat or I don't might maybe don't want to find out something that I have to confront or whatever it might be. And some people and, could have saved their life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um if they wouldn't have been afraid to maybe had an honest look at what's going on inside. Yeah, I I don't know if I said this in the shame fear control uh podcast we did, but when the spirit of God revealed to me Uh, that I was a three-layered cake. The bottom layer was shame, and the middle layer was fear, and the top layer was control. It 
it hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like I was <laughs> crushed and uh, because I didn't see that in me yeah. at all. And it was like, it was like a low blow, but it was pure love. Mm-hmm. And it started me on a journey of healing, but I couldn't get healed until I could see where I was at. And so I'm really glad you brought that up, Joel, because I believe that's the first place of vulnerability is in us, with God in us, in ourselves, because I can't be vulnerable with you if I can't, I'm not willing to see what's in me. And it's not just bad things, it's good things, as you said earlier. You know, sometimes the hard thing to see isn't something negative because we're so used to being critical of ourselves. Sometimes it's saying, I actually hold value. Mm -hmm. There's this amazing gift inside of me and I don't have to be afraid to release it. I don't have to compare myself with somebody else, but I can just, you know, release what God put inside of me. And so that takes vulnerability. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I agree. Being vulnerable with yourself is a a really important first step. Um, for me, I also again cling to the the Lord while doing that because it, I think outside of Him, if you start to look at yourself, um, you're going to see a lot of the junk, um, and that can just lead you down a path of repeating uh, and not actually changing and not actually seeing the good in you. So for me, it's always been really helpful, uh, really important to speak what God says about me. And allow his word to transform uh, and renew my mind, allow his word to wash me clean. Uh, The Bible actually says that we are uh, washed by the water of the word. Uh, And so the more that I rehearse what he says about me, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I uh, was created for signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, I could quote these things off because um, they've been such a part of my life. But I think uh, in this process of discovering or or being vulnerable with yourself, Also do that through the lens of the word of God and what he says about you. Um, I know Pastor Steve, he just, uh, sometimes when we're we're recording our Bible study, he'll say these things and I'll write them down. And he said, um, if I can get it right, he said, there's no one in the kingdom that God favors more than you. Um, And I thought, what a statement of identity of just reminding ourselves that we are so loved by uh, the Father God that we're not second best. So just rehearsing those things um, that he says about you in this process. Um, I think outside of that, yes, it's great to be vulnerable with yourself. Ultimately, we want to become more vulnerable with other people. Um, And so I think an important practical key for that is um, don't just be vulnerable with everybody. You're going to set yourself up for attack and harm and failure. Um, And I don't want that for you. Uh, You don't want that for you. Uh, So I think an important first step is to recognize the traits of safe people. Um, So start to look at the people in your life. Um, If they are gossiping, that is not a trait of a safe person. They're probably going to gossip about you and that's not going to feel good. Um, Look at people who bring you life. Um, Who do you feel good being around? Who are the people who uh, see the gold in you? Who are the encouragers in your life? Um, Who are the people with integrity? Do they do what they say they're going to do? Um, Mm. And look at their relationships. Do they have healthy relationships? If you go to the person who never has a healthy relationship, that should tell you something about um, where, where they are. Um, And that may not be the person you want to make those first scary steps of vulnerability with. So um, just start to look at the people in your life who are safe people. um, And those are the ones you want to focus on for uh, taking those first steps of vulnerability. 
Yeah, that's really good. I could add more, but <laughs> okay. what you did was great. <laughs> I feel that like was I'm talking awesome. Fast, but. Yeah, I just got a call from. It says a political call, so I'm wondering if I should pick it up. <laughs> it might be important. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> um, Is it worth the risk? No, it's not. No. <laughs> Um, and then I can keep going unless you guys have something to add. Just more practical. I mean, I like practical things. Yeah. Um, I think another thing is to start small. Uh, if you're just wanting to be more vulnerable with someone, you do not have to crack open the deepest, darkest secrets in your life. I actually don't recommend that. Um, I would recommend starting with those good things, starting with just telling people um, what you enjoy, tell them a dream, tell them a vision that you have for your future, um, tell them something that you're good at. Um, just the just really simple things. It can actually even just be really basic. Um, like, you know, this is my favorite fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be super deep at first. Um, and then that's also going to tell you what those people do with what you give them. Are, are they a safe person? No one is going to be perfect at this. So you can't look and say, well, this person didn't handle this 100% perfectly. I can't be vulnerable with them anymore. Um, it's just a really honest self-aware and also others aware process of, um, starting small, giving small bits, seeing what happens. Like, okay, if I, if I share a dream of my heart with someone, um, and it's out there in the world, okay, did I fall apart? Was I attacked? Was, you know, just start taking those little wins for wins that, okay, I, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can let more of myself be seen and be known. Um, that, history uh, is going to start to build to where you can grow to maybe sharing those deeper areas of your heart. Yeah. Uh, you, your, your focus there was kind of talking about how we can be vulnerable with other people, but I will say it has to start with you first mm -hmm. because, you know, there, there's times where we've encouraged people to seek help, let's say a counselor, yeah. but until they realize yeah that, you know what, I need help yeah. and to be honest with themselves yeah. and to realize maybe I can't do this on my own, yeah. they're not going to change. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to be vulnerable. They're not going to seek help. So I think vulnerability has to be, first starts with being honest with yourself and where you're at, taking an assessment of where you're at. And then from that place, look for those characteristics that you were talking about. Yeah. And there used to be years ago a stigma to go get help. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a Christian, you just do this, but you never go get professional help or uh, well, that go would, through inner healing. Yeah, that could have been seen as a lack of faith or oh yeah, uh, or it just was really like it's just coded in shame. Such a yeah, it was such a stigma. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that we're at a time in the body of Christ where we can use the tools. Uh, meaning people around us that are skilled and educated. And there are so many strong Christian therapists and or Christian counselors or inner healing individuals that th that can help us walk through those things. And I think I think that's a, a great place if someone needs it, that it's there is no stigma. I mean, we break off that stigma and we well, just say, you do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I do want to add to that. I think a lot of times, um, myself included, we wait until things get really bad to say that we need help. But I will say unapologetically that every human being needs connection with other people. Um, and so, you know, 
therapy doesn't have to be a rock bottom situation. Um, and vulnerability doesn't have to be a rock bottom situation. This should be something we are all practicing, um, because we all require connection for health. Um, and so whether it is, um, you know, there's something going on that you do seek that you need, you need help or whether it's just maintenance and good health of being in connection with somebody. Some people go to therapy preventatively, which is the best way to do therapy is, and what it's doing is allowing you a safe space for vulnerability to keep you healthy. Um, and so that's what ultimately we want is not just, uh, when things are dire, but there's preventative measures in connecting with one another. Um, and so that to say, we should all be doing this, practicing this all the time um, because we were created for it. We were created for connection. Again, we were created to be seen and known. Amen. Yeah. So the title of this was The Risk and Reward of Vulnerability. Yeah. Do you think we hit those things? I mean, I could talk <laughs> for a while on this topic, but uh, we're almost at an hour. So, all right. Well, well do you want to add any like, uh, be a friend, tell a friend kind of thing. Well, or, there you go. You can. <laughs> hey, guys, be a friend, tell a friend. If you have a friend who is struggling with vulnerability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, I'll just say it does. It helps our uh, show get seen and known um, um, by other people when you rate and review it. So we would very much appreciate that. Um, you can always reach out to us um, at connect at givinglight.org if you want to... Um, reach out to us for, for anything. Uh, we are there. You can find that on our website, givinglight.org. So, all right, until next time. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.